Hello, my name is Adrian Goldberg and welcome to the Byline Times podcast. The Byline Times is what the papers don't say, what radio doesn't report and what telly doesn't tell you. This time, American dark money and its ties to new Prime Minister Liz Truss's cabinet. We'll be hearing from Nafiz Ahmed, who's been doing the digging and brought this exclusive story about the Trump-supporting Mercer Family Foundation to the Byline Times. And we'll also be joined by Byline Times executive editor, Peter Jukes. Before that, just a reminder that the Byline Times podcast is funded by subscriptions to the Byline Times, our wonderful monthly newspaper edited by Hardeep Matharu. It has the best of our online articles and plenty of material that is exclusive to the print edition. No one tells us what to say. There's no millionaire backer or corporate interest pulling our strings because we are funded by ordinary subscribers people like you. So please subscribe, if you can, to the Byline Times. You get more details about subscriptions and memberships at bylinetimes.com. That's at bylinetimes.com. And if you have already subscribed, thank you. Let's welcome then Peter Dukes and Nafiz Ahmed. And Nafiz, for people who aren't aware of the Mercer Family Foundation, just give us a little bit of background. The Mercer Family Foundation is pretty notorious nowadays for all the reporting that's uncovered their role in most prominently the Trump era. They were kind of known as the biggest donors behind Donald Trump. I mean, they, I don't think they were necessarily the biggest, but they were among the biggest. And they've become very well known for not just funding the kind of far right that are influencing the Republican Party, you know, but they funded many of the organizations that were around Donald Trump. So they were involved with Steve Bannon. They worked very closely with him. They poured money into many of his enterprises from Breitbart News to film productions that he was working on and all sorts of different things, as well as, of course, Cambridge Analytica, the notorious data analytics firm that was involved with trying to influence social media platforms in relation to both the Trump campaign and the Brexit referendum. So, you know, they, they were quite big players, really, in, in terms of the rise of the far right in the United States and the UK. And so the people behind it are Robert and Rebecca Mercer. They are billionaire philanthropists. What are their ties with the Conservative Party and with the cabinet of Liz Truss? So this story is based on essentially looking at the implications of filings with the Internal Revenue Service, which is the US government's tax authority. So you have these filings by nonprofit or charitable organizations in the United States. By law, they have to file these returns to document their income. And that sometimes includes all sorts of other data about the organizations. So what these filings have shown is that there is a an entity that was set up about a decade ago by two gentlemen by the name of uh, Terence Blaney and Paul Osborne. And these guys basically set up this foundation called the Cherish Freedom Foundation in Virginia. And they received funding from the Mercer Family Foundation over around four years, from 2013 to 2016. And that's what the tax filings show. Now, when you go into those filings, they actually show that there was slightly more income than what that funding stream caps off at. I think the funding stream from the Mercers was just over half a million in that period of time, so about $655,000, if I remember correctly. Now, there was actually more money coming into that foundation. There's not a trace of paperwork publicly available about 
what the rest of that money was, who put that in. But what we do know is that the bulk of the money came from the Mercers. Now, we also know that this same foundation was heavily involved with transatlantic activities. And I think Peter Dukes was actually one of the first people that really delved into what was going on with the Young Britons Foundation and their role in bringing people like Steve Bannon over to the UK to help radicalise the Tory party. And there were there's even articles from that time where Terence Blaney was boasting to the press about how they were trying to essentially run what he would call conservative madrasas. But this was quite a serious effort to bring along kind of American-style politics, and specifically the politics of the right wing and the, and the increasingly extreme right wing, and bring those tactics and, and capabilities over to the UK to try and influence the way that the Conservative Party would engage in elections and campaigning and politics and so on and so forth. And that was just the beginning. What the filings then go on to show, and I think the biggest one of all, apart from various institutional affiliations, the biggest one, I think, is that we've confirmed for the first time this direct link between this Mercer lobbying front and the Conservative Party through the role of the Centre for Policy Studies. Now, the Centre for Policy Studies, or the CPS, is a very well-known conservative think tank. It was founded by Margaret Thatcher in the 70s, and it was basically very influential in defining Tory party ideology over many, many years. And it also played a very key role in defining that ideology most recently. What we found is that the filings show that this foundation that was funded by the Mercers gave a grant to the Centre for Policy Studies in 2019, just months before the general elections. And the director of CPS, Robert Colville, went on to essentially co-author the Tory party manifesto that year. And he worked with his colleague at the CPS, Rachel Wolfe, who was also on the board of the organisation. So that's obviously a very, very direct line. Now, it goes further than that, because we know that the CPS continued to engage very closely in the development and evolution of Tory ideology and have very direct ties to the trust campaign. So the CPS's communications manager, Lauren Maher, I think her name is, she went on to lead comms for the trust campaign this year. And various other CPS staffers have also played a role in advising the, U the UK government under trust and have also played various roles in defining her economic ideology. And Peter, as Nafisa said, you've been concerned about the history of the Mercer Family Foundation and the Mercers for a number of years. The key thing to say about the Mercers is Robert Mercer, he developed natural language recognition for IBM and then went to set up his hedge fund, Rentec, which made a lot of money in Russian markets, by the way, quite a common theme here, and was in dispute with the American government over tax, whether its income was taxable. So it had a kind of, I don't know what's, there was an $8 billion tax bill, which Robert Mercer was fighting. Another element is she went on and, you know, mainly he's backed off a bit and funded this new social media site, which Trump was big on, Parler, which we must be honest, was a major source of information for the FBI over the insurrection, the capital insurrection. In, ter in British terms, it goes back quite a long way. The Young Britons Foundation was founded, I think, in about 2004. Its president was Daniel Hannan. As Nafiz said, it billed itself as a conservative madrasa. And it had a lot 
of alignment, like on gun policy, anti-abortion, with the American right, because it really comes out of the Young America's Foundation, Young Britain's Foundation, twin organizations, which is also funded by the Mercers. So this was for quite a long time, this collision in a way between, we see, I think you see accelerating the list trust between the American right and the British right. Now, what happened was when Obama won twice, you could see that element of the right looking for a replacement candidate rather than Mick Romney, uh, who didn't do so well and was seen to be too soft. And they stood a light on Trump. And around about this time, 2013, 12, 13, where they're looking for a right-wing Republican candidate, Bannon flies out, as a lot of American right-wingers do, to the Young Britons Foundation conference in Cambridge, and is on a panel with a guy who'll be notorious later as Nigel Farage's aide-de-camp, uh, Raheem Kassan, and Harry Cole, who is now, I think, is the males. He was at The Sun, and he was at that time at Guido Fawkes. And they're all discussing social media tactics, how to win the next presidential election. And also, it must be said, there also was Paul Staines of the uh, Guido Fawkes blog, who registered 2012, just before this conference, I think, uh, the website Boris 2020. He would be prime minister by 2020. Now, the key thing that happens around the corner in Cambridge at that conference there's Steve Bannon, who's setting up Breitbart London. He's already running Breitbart America, which is funded by the Mercers. He also sets up Cambridge Analytica. So they're talking about social media operations. If you look at the filings of Cambridge Analytica, it's very, very interesting. Basically, the Mercers would pay money for a media campaign, which went back to them, or Steve Bannon. And there was this kind of carousel of cash that went into online funding online political campaigning. Now, the Young Britons Foundation, he calls himself Terence Blaney and Files Filings, is also known as Donald Blaney. I think it's Terence Donald Blaney. So he shut down the Young Britons Foundation. I don't even remember the tragic story of Elliot Johnson, a young conservative activist who was very prominent in the Young Britons Foundation, who alleged he was being bullied and committed suicide. So it kind of shut down there. And I think this is where the money is going instead. You know, we also know from the thesis other work that the same foundation, Cherish Freedom, which is, you know, was, you know, the Blaney's have Blaney has been close to Mercer. Matt Richardson, who was the head of the executive officer of the Young Brins Foundation, Nigel Farage's secretary at UKIP, and now is very close to Rebecca Mercer and his fund and which and helping to run Parlay if it's still running. This money kept on coming into the British system. And we've got to remember with Steve Bannon, I, I, I can't keep up. He's been recently arrested for fraud and money laundering, apropos of this build the wall campaign, which actually we exposed Grant Stern on Byline Times, and he was arrested over alleged, only alleged, you know, because he hasn't been convicted of innocent to proving guilty. He's also, I think, hasn't he? He's been prosecuted for contempt of Congress. So we have some very shady elements, the Trumpist elements on the far right in American politics. We know that Trump himself is under investigation for these classified documents and what's happened to them. There seem to be multiple investigations about his tax affairs and his financial affairs. And yet these people are still helping to determine our government's policy. And Liz Truss, people jokingly call her Liz Trump, 
uh, literary class does, just even forget the money, ideologically, if you Britannia Unchained, the book she co-authored with other members of the cabinet 15 years ago, whatever. It is Boris Johnson, I said, possibly without the good bits. I mean, Boris Johnson, without the noblesse oblige, redistributive, leveling up stuff and the, you know, the Latin tags and all that oratory. It is very hard American, right? And libertarian to an extreme. Also, several members of our cabinet are anti-reproductive rights for women. So I think it's a distinct shift in this current cabinet, and, and the pieces trace you know, some of the receipts of that, to a kind of really alien American libertarian right-wing thinking. So just to follow the money, uh, as you have done, Nafis, the Mercer Family Foundation gives $655,000 between 2013 and 2016 to the Cherish Freedom Foundation. The Cherish Freedom Foundation then helps to finance the Centre for Policy Studies. This is your revelation, the right of centre think tank, two of whose staffers then went on to write the Conservative Election Manifesto in 2019. And the Centre for Policy Studies then claims that it has had a hand in writing the Conservative Manifesto. So this is not in the realms of fantasy or of conspiracy. There is a direct financial link from Mercer through to the Conservative Party, and a direct ideological link as well. That's right, Adrian. And there's also institutional links, which I think are also quite significant in demonstrating that kind of alignment that Peter described. So the figure of Paul Osborne is very interesting here because here's this guy who's actually, he's a Harrow councillor. He appears to be this innocuous leader of the Harrow Council, but has been dabbling with this kind of this, this extreme right-wing elements of the United States for a decade, if not longer. So he's running this foundation in America with Terence Blaney. He was involved with Terence or Donald Blaney and bringing people like Bannon over to the UK under the Young Britons Foundation and all the rest of it. Now, at the same time, he's been running a pressure group, which is also quite influential, called the Conservative Way Forward. Now, in recent years, Conservative Way Forward has kind of lost a little bit of influence. I'm not exactly sure why, but one of the things that they boast on their website or the, the older version of their website, which has now been deleted, and you can only find it from archive pages on Wayback Machine, but they boast of how every single uh, leadership candidate that their members supported has ended up being prime minister, including Boris Johnson. So Paul Osborne is running this, you know, he, he's director of this thing, he's an executive director, he's vice chairman, and he's been in that role for around a decade or so. And if you look at the people who are involved with Conservative Way Forward, they are the kind of well-known figures in the Conservative Party. They consist of senior ministers, former ministers, lots and lots of MPs, and so on and so forth. So it's a well, very, Steve, Steve it, Baker, the Northern Ireland minister, is one of them, well, isn't he? Exactly. And I think that the, the what happened most recently is quite interesting. So in, in 2021, this pressure group was revitalised. I mean, it was quiet for a while, but it was suddenly revitalised and Steve Baker became chairman of this thing towards the end of 2021. And he said, you know, con the Conservatives were now on the wrong track. They'd lost their way and they need to remake conservatism. So Steve Baker is obviously now in charge of this thing. Now, what we find 
is that tracing back the influence between the Conservative Way Forward and the Trust campaign, what we found is that several cabinet ministers who are appointed by Trust have very close links to Conservative Way Forward. So, for instance, Nazim Zahawi and Suella Braverman, both of them were involved with a big report that was launched under Steve Baker's watch as the leadership campaign was going on. And this report was all about tax cuts, and it essentially sets out much of the agenda that Liz Truss is now trying to spearhead in, in her government. But they had already had this connection. So Nadim Zahawi and Suella Braverman already had this very close connection with Conservative Way Forward. And company records show that even though there's no information about who is directing the, the organization at the moment, apart from Steve Baker chairing it, Company records do show that Paul Osborne remains the director. On just a, a side note, we didn't write this in the piece, but another director of Conservative Way Forward is a character called Ed Barker. Now, Ed Barker, I've written about him quite a bit. He was kind of leading the communications campaigning for Boris Johnson's leadership campaign in 2019. He's also currently leading comms for the Legatum Institute which incidentally is involved also with GB News, and which also, as we know, is essentially run and owned by somebody who once essentially saved Gazprom from economic decline and kind of returned it to profits, Christopher Chandler. So there's all these kind of interesting connections here. So what we found is that, you know, when you, when you trace all of these things through, you find that there's a number of links with the Conservative Way Forward. Another uh, patron of Conservative Way Forward is Terence Mordaunt, who also donated not only to Suella Braverman, but also to Penny Mordaunt, who's currently leader of the House of Commons, um, and so on and so forth. Now, Lord Michael Spencer, who is chairman of the Centre for Policy Studies, which is obviously the organization that received funding you know, from Paul Osborne and his foundation. He also is a patron of Conservative Way Forward, and he gave money to Liz Truss herself in August. It was about £25,000, I believe. So you know, what we've done is we've mapped all of these connections out. And we've, we've shown that actually it's a total of six cabinet members who have these connections to these two pressure groups and a bunch of advisors who are very, very close to Truss. And the fees, Robert Colville, who you've mentioned, said that to the best of his knowledge, the Centre for Policy Studies had not taken money from or had dealings with the Mercer family, either directly or indirectly. Well, this was an interesting reply because when he first replied to me, he'd actually said that the, to the best of his knowledge, he'd not received any money from the Mercer family. Full stop. I then pushed back a little bit and said, well, you know, let's just let's just lay this out for you, Robert. You know, we've we've got this foundation here which gave you money just before the election, just before you went off and wrote the manifesto and all the rest of it, and um, they have received all of this money from the Mercer Family Foundation. And here's the receipt. You know, we found this in the RS file. That's indisputable. That's the fact. So here I am now telling you that this foundation is part of a Mercer lobbying operation. And of course, I mean, I've also put to him that, can it be the case that you're not familiar with what the Young Britons Foundation was doing, with the, you know, what Peter Osborne and Terence Blaney were doing, bringing Bannon over at this time? And surely you knew about all of this. I mean, where were you? I mean, were you not involved in the Tory party at this time? 
and so you know, I put all this to him, and he just essentially repeated what he said, and then just added the phrase directly and indirectly, which is interesting because I was actually just telling him, and let's just presume on its face that this is let's just take it at face value. I had just come and told him, shock horror, you know that foundation that gave you sixty uh, grand a couple of years ago, you know, when you were writing that manifesto, they were funded by the Mercers, and his response was not. Oh, bloody hell on the feast. Thanks for coming and telling me. That was a sh- shocking fact that you've just told me. I, I need to go and check my receipts. <laughs> instead, instead, it was, instead it was, uh, to the best of my knowledge, I still have no idea about any of this. The whole response struck, struck me as utterly implausible and nonsensical, really. Peter, you've written on Barland Times about the transatlantic triumph of Trumpism. Ideologically, is this perhaps how we can understand it Financially, this is where the the backing for it has come from. Yeah, and I think the crucial moment is a, a ruling in 2010, actually pushed by David Bossy, a friend of Donald Trump, called Citizens United, which ruled in the Supreme Court that corporations had a right to free speech like individuals. So suddenly, money could be poured, all the tax breaks that go along with it, by companies into political campaigning. And that's where we see this torrent of cash moving, particularly like people like Mercer, so the Koch brothers or Koch brother, only, the only one left, into politics. And into politics for people who may give them tax breaks. Let's be clear about this. You know, there is a, you see with energy companies, there's a good investment there for business to go, if I get this, you know, low tax, small government person in power, I will do financially better out of this. I think with Mercer, it's more ideological. I think like Peter Thiel, he actually believes some of the Trump or used to believe some of the Trump stuff. And so some of that money, just because of the transatlantic connections between conservatives and Republicans, has come over, has washed over the UK, along with Russian money, of course, and this oligarchical connections between Americans and Russian in that money. And I think it's had the same effect, albeit on the margins, we have tighter spending rules. But this to me is, and I always suspected it with Johnson, but even more, what I call a rump trumpocracy. And the, the ridiculous thing about it is, it's moving away from what America itself is doing under Biden. They're prosecuting Trump, they're doing a stimulus, they, you know, Europe's putting levying energy firms for their uh, 180 billion profits. And we're going to this small government kind of philosophy, which didn't work during austerity, and it won't work now. It's an interesting point, though, Peter, whether the money is being used to buy influence in the UK or whether Truss and her inner circle are people who tend towards the right and libertarian economics and whether they're simply just being funded or helped out by people who share a common set of values you know it's it's that distinction between whether the whether the mercer family foundation is buying influence or whether it's simply supporting people who have similar values to it well i think there's two very important points here one is transparency you know these think tanks are simply cps is one of the least transparent so there they are I don't think a charitable status. I think they do get some. And they appear on television as a think tank without declaring who their funders are. I think that is a problem. That's a, you know, that means that, that democratically, you can go, well, an oil company wants to increase fracking. We can make a democratic decision. 
of who we elect. But if there's think tanks are very providing a lot of the staff, you know, I think Trust Yourself was at a lobbying company before, and unfortunately, BP. If that isn't apparent, then this money becomes problematical. And yes, okay, do we want this amount of money in British politics? There are strict spending limits during election times, not so much other times. But look, where did the fees find out this? Not in the UK. In America, where oddly enough, when it comes to these foundations, there's more transparency. They have to show where the money goes. In the UK, we have the worst of both worlds. You know, we have the possibility of this money coming here and influencing our elections, as they have America, but also no transparency or less transparency than they have the other side of the Atlantic. You can read the full report from Nafiz over at bylinetimes.com, and I really do urge you to do. Half a dozen cabinet ministers are referenced in Nafiz's article. So uh, that gives you some idea of the way in which American financial interests, the Mercer Family Foundation interests, are intertwined with those of some of the most influential politicians in Britain today. Nafiz, thank you very much indeed. Thank you to Peter. And don't forget, if you're heading over to bylinetimes.com to read that article, do please take out a subscription to the Byline Times. It helps to fund Nafiz's brilliant investigative journalism. It helps to fund this podcast as well. So check out the subscription details at bylinetimes.com. That's at bylinetimes.com. I'm Adrian Goldberg. This has been the Byline Times podcast. Thanks for listening. See you soon.